Welcome to Record Roulette. My name is Eamon O'Flynn, and I'm here with Sonia Walden and Nathan Smith to discuss another album from the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums list that we've chosen at random. Since this is the beginning of Season 2, I hope you'll both indulge me as I give a quick overview of Record Roulette to any first-time listeners. This whole thing started because I realized I was in a musical rut. To get out of it, I foolishly came up with a podcast concept that forced me to listen to new music. Then I recruited Nathan and Sonia to join me for each review. They agreed because they're also fools. We are occasionally joined by guests. We purposely pick people with a wide range of perspectives, so scientists, journalists, politicians, musicians, even the creator of VH1 Storytellers. We've already listened to albums from Madonna, Dolly Parton, Biggie, The Doors, Frank Ocean, and 20 other artists or groups, and I encourage you to check out those episodes. I've become more certain than ever of two things while doing this podcast. First, there's almost definitely perspective-altering music out there that you've never heard, which is why we'd happily have you follow along with us as we explore the greatest albums in music history, according to Rolling Stone, that is. Second, you don't have to be a music critic to have opinions about music, and I hope that hearing three dummies talk about albums they've never heard before, most of the time, at least, hammers that home. Music is art, and all art is open to criticism. Our words should never stop you from loving something we disliked or hating something Nathan loves. With that said, on this episode, we're talking about an artist that The Telegraph argued was impossible to criticize because her admirers are so fanatical that any hint of shade can lead to a torrent of online abuse. Yes, we're talking about Beyonce. Specifically, we're talking about her self-titled album from 2013, which comes in at number 81 on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums list. Was anyone here not aware of Beyonce before listening to this album? Uh, no, of course. I think I think almost everybody in the in the free world and even beyond is at least aware of Beyonce. Um, I hadn't listened to much, although I will say that uh, I was not familiar with this album in the slightest. Her album Lemonade, however, there are two songs on that album that find its way on every sort of pump-up playlist I make, every sort of gym playlist I make routinely. There is Don't Hurt Yourself, which was co-written and I think features Jack White. And then even better than that is the song Freedom on Lemonade, which is just an absolute, I dislike the term, but I, don't, I can't think of a better one. It's a banger. It's a it's belter. Per, it's a belter. Belter is better. It's a belter. There you go. Kendrick Lamar is on that, but it's just so it's both those are fantastic. So long way of saying I had never heard anything off this album. I'd heard a couple of Beyonce songs, but of course I'm familiar with Beyonce as uh, as an as a icon. concept. It well, was a concept <laughs> as a uh, <laughs> a way of I think a way she's of life. That level. I, well, I think so. Yeah. yeah, she transcends. Yeah, way music. of life is music better. is certainly. You know, that's it's not enough to define Beyonce yeah. at this well, point. Well, exactly. She was in Austin Powers 3, guys. Yeah. Gold, Gold member. That is I the remember. best one, right? Right? That's the best one? Arguably, they're all the best. <laughs> yes. They're all equally great. But that one has Michael Caine in it, too. Yes. So, like, Beyonce and, my, and Michael Caine. And one of my favorite lines in movie history, but I'm not going to share it. Because oh. this is not a movie podcast. This isn't the kind of place that you would share things. Barely no. a music no. podcast. <laughs> That's correct. So you'd never heard of Beyonce before either, right, uh, Sonia? Oh, no. uh, No, no. Um, Never heard a a single lyric. I've sort of informally adopted 
for reasons that we won't get into on this podcast either, but I've adopted this younger woman, Beyonce, as my mother. So every Mother's Day, I watch Homecoming um, for the last few years. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, what can you say about Beyonce? She's amazing. Yeah. I, I was aware of Beyonce, obviously, because of Austin Powers primarily. Uh, but that's a real you know, cultural touchstone. Yeah. This is, I think, you know, I think this is an exciting moment for the world to hear my opinions on this because of the fact Absolutely. that I have not consciously ever listened to any Beyonce mu- music. Really? Crazy in Love, I definitely know because it's, I think it's impossible to, to have avoided that song. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily be able to tell you that I'd listen to any other songs. I'm sure I have, but I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know it. And this is like one of the biggest artists of certainly the last 20 years. So, yeah, exciting moment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how badly can this go, huh? Oh, I mean, you've already, you know, very accurately described us as three dummies who know yeah. nothing about Thank music. So, God. So yeah, that, no one has expectations. There you go. Reviewing <laughs> a, an artist who's beyond criticism, lest we be uh, <laughs> certainly beyond human criticism. Uh, yeah. It may not extend to the animal world. Yeah. Zoe that has yeah. sure sounded thoughts. pissed off about Beyonce there. <laughs> or might be the cone that she's wearing. Who knows? It'll be the last meow at ever meows. Did you guys listen to the original version of this album or did you, or the platinum edition or some other special edition? I listened to the platinum edition. Um, cause, cause I have it. Cause you have it. Oh yeah. wait, you actually have. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nathan. Technically you, you it got... was the, I don't know if it's platinum or deluxe, but it was one of those two, but I, it was the I, deluxe platinum. I, I, yeah. <laughs> the deluxe the uh, limited edition, uh, blue vinyl. But no, I stayed true to the original track <laughs> listing, so I didn't. I didn't go into the extras or the remixes or. What a consummate professional! Well, that, I'm that's what to I did too. Stay true to the Rolling Stone. Uh, yeah. yeah, way of listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's a real stickler for that. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, that's what I did too. I think it's it's super annoying. Like Spotify, at least there is, the original one is just isn't available. It's just not a thing anymore. It's so weird to me that you can have an album that was released as an album at some point. And it's not quite the same thing as like something being cleaned up and like remastered. It's literally a case of them being like, no, that doesn't exist anymore. Well, sorry. As a, as a quick aside, Kanye on the life of Pablo, like what he originally uploaded to Spotify like six or seven years ago, certain tracks on there he has since changed. And the originals from when he would have uploaded it to Spotify, unless you have a hard copy or you downloaded that specific uh, mix, it's it doesn't exist. So it's an interesting yeah. way that music can kind of be forever fluid, and it can mm-hmm. unless you own the hard copy, and those are increasingly you know declining. Although CDs are coming back, but I find that an interesting concept. The, the idea, like the physical, this is a moment in time that's for all time, doesn't really exist the way it, it would have mm-hmm. twenty years ago. Well, Lizzo and Beyonce both just did that on their new albums too, right? Like took out some some words that that some folks didn't like and reissued new versions of the songs yeah. as part of That's the album. It. Yeah, that original. But yeah, I I think this though is is like this. It's very strange because it's kind of purports to be a re- like the same album and re- or almost a replacement or improvement on it. But it's like, but what if I just wanted to listen to the original album, guys? You know, Maybe you can buy it from her website. It's I'm like, going to go fact check that right now. This isn't even like the 
first time this has happened on this podcast. With Live at Leeds, it happened too. We weren't yeah. able to listen to like the actual original, uh, the the original album. Even it's from like, you know purely uh, purely business perspective, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to 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 literally erase the old one because then you'd have people like us who might well let's listen to the old one and then the new one and then you get extra streams, you get extra you know five cents yeah. or whatever you make from that stream, but it, it adds up. So it's not like you have to declutter the Spotify playlist or whatever streaming no. service you're on. Just put them all up. But anyway, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There are certain ones that there are certain artists who literally have like 12 versions of the same album on there. And it's just like, you know, just think of record roulette guys. Like that's, <laughs> you know, like musicians, all of you musicians out there, I assume you're all listening to this. Just think of us. Okay. Cause we want to listen to the original thing or whatever Rolling Stone used. Yeah, if you want to get reviewed, yeah, exactly. First, you got to, you know, appeal, I guess, to the Rolling Stone people. But after that. If you don't, yeah, you need to tough. complete a cease and desist letter like the rest of the artists. Yeah. Yes. They can't cover <laughs> in the list. Yeah. We've only got four or five more episodes left before we, we run out. <laughs> did, did either of you check out the visual album? Uh, the the kind of videos that uh, that accompanied this when it came, when it was released? Um. That was not part of the assignment. It was not part of the assignment. No, I'm so, not. I'm not. Uh, we're not being graded on this or anything. I'm just okay. wondering. Just curious. No, I did not. I, I did, did not. not. No. Okay. Just, just wondering. Um, so final question. Let's get. Let's get into this thing. Did you like Beyonce by Beyonce? I did. I was. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Actually, I, I didn't go in thinking I would dislike it, but I thought eh, it might just sort of be like, eh, it's okay. I, I don't like it. I can see why other people do. Yada yada yada. But I legitimately mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I was, that was quite surprised. That was the answer I was expecting from you. The yada, yada, yada. I can see why other people like it. So I'm stunned. I'm oh, delighted. Well, no, I'm I, stunned and delighted. Well, Welcome would, aboard. Thank you. Well, I, again, I was never really a holdout <laughs> per se. I just never really heard much of her. But I, you know, mm-hmm. especially like, again, my my very limited experience with Beyonce was Lemonade, which came after this. And this one, mm-hmm. uh, I think at least one after, maybe two. But either way, this it was before no, it's that. Exa- it's precisely so thought, the one after maybe, this one. Maybe she's still kind of commercial at this point, trying to get radio hits and, and being sort of, you know, commercially successful. And that was not the case at all. I was yeah. Yeah, yeah. pleasantly surprised. Yep. I thought it was horseshit. I thought it was just terrible. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, I understand why this is even on the list. Why is it at uh, 81? Like, what is this? What does the list become? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all the... Beyonce fans out there riled up now. It's a shining star on the list. It's actually, it's a wonderful album. Um, I also think it's, I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I appreciated it. Um, I'd say like, I really appreciate what it, what it did. I just, it's not like the kind of thing that I'm going to go back to and listen 14 million times. Yeah. That's the problem. I thought so. Uh, yeah. I think Irish Catholic. Large I mean, we repress everything and that's all that shit is supposed to be repressed. <laughs> well, okay. I, I think that's, I th- I'm sure we'll come back to, it, but I think there are like large segments of this album that would make Prince blush where he's like, this is yes. too, I don't know. Beyonce. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think a, <laughs> pretty, pretty uh, solid homage to Prince and, and a couple of, well, at least in blow for sure. was very, yes. I mean, the funk, the it's pretty saucy. Yep. Pretty saucy. Oh, I just meant lyrically. Song. I meant sort of the oh, lyrically. No, not, I mean, not so much. I'm gonna say sonically a little yeah. bit, but I it was more lyrically where it's like, she's really, you know, there's not much yeah. left to the imagination on a lot of those tracks. I, I think in some ways that's why I, I appreciated it so much though. It is such a like home run, grand slam swing of a of an album of like screw it, you know, like I'm not I'm not shooting for you know, 17 number ones on, on one album. I am going to do stuff that I want to do. I, you know, like 
I think it's actually kind of crazy because there's only a couple songs on this album that sound like they should even be on the radio or could even be like yeah. radio hits. Like uh, they must have had a really tough time picking songs out to be singles. And, uh, you know, like when I was I was re- reading through reviews, that's basically what everyone everyone brought up. They were like, she just shows everyone she doesn't need radio play. Uh, and the, uh, Rolling Stone called it um, only massive hubris could have made a feat like this album possible. And Beyonce's hubris makes the world a better, more Beyonce like place. <laughs> you know, it's it's such a weird um, album to to put out for someone who's had the career up to that point that she had had. She had literally just um, had deals with like Pepsi and H&M for like doing um you know, advertising, uh, advertising music. I think she had something to do with, uh, a like animated TV show, maybe at the same time she had a destiny's child reunion right around the same time. She helped put together like a, as pitchfork described it, exquisitely dull autobiographical documentary. Like this is like the kind of thing where you're like, Oh, this person is like, I made my money and I'm done now in in the exact wrong like in the worst possible way where you're like oh i'm gonna walk i can walk away from this and not care anymore or my artistic career quote unquote exists only to make money and i want to make more money and i'm not going to mess with the formula and i'll just keep going but she didn't do that so i think people that that have that expectation it takes a lot more guts and sort of artistic integrity to to pursue this path than somebody who never really has radio player hits and they do something that's even more crazy it's like oh, look how brave that is like yeah they're being true to themselves and not risking much in terms of you know commercial potential or, or earnings whereas she had as you just mentioned Damon, you know everything to quote unquote lose from a financial or commercial side and didn't care so i, I think that's that's pretty cool there's actually a lyric along those lines in i want to say haunted maybe where she actually says something along the lines of like this isn't going to make any money. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Just you know, to... well, because that was the one that she released uh, on SoundCloud sort of before the album came out. I think that was sort of thrown out without any sort of warning on SoundCloud. Like, yeah. What's going to become of this? Is this like some demo or what's going to become of this track? And then it shows up on the album, which was also unannounced, just kind of drops the album very Radiohead like of her, which is also very, uh, very basically for my birthday, different. she did that. So for, for your birthday. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly that relationship you guys have is really, I know it's really, it's really impressive. Blue is actually about me. So it was beautiful. I was very touched. Those were your cries at the end, I think, right? <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> Mark, like your I second can, birthday. <laughs> I can recreate them for the yeah. podcast tonight, if you like. Uh, so, so the one thing I actually found really strange, though, when I was reading, I was reading through reviews. And I only found one example of people talking about her voice, like really clearly talking about her, her voice, which I found very strange. I think people were so distracted by the, the, the surprise. I mean, well, the surprise of it coming out, mm-hmm. the content of it. I mean, almost everyone talks about the sex oriented songs, mm-hmm. which is like half the album, I want to say, <laughs> or close to that. Uh, but also that like the visual album aspect and and stuff too like i think it's it was just like there was all these various different things and so i was reading these reviews uh but the one that i did find was from pitchfork where they said at the center lies beyonce's practically unfair abilities as a performer you get the sense that lady gaga or sierra could no sooner pull off the scale or quality of beyonce than you or i could pull off a suitable rendition of any of its songs in a karaoke bar so that's a great line (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. true 
It is a great line, which is why I read it. And now I hope people attribute it to me yeah. in the future. <laughs> uh, I did say it was from Pitchfork, but yes. you know, I'll, I'll mute that part, what I just said. Um, <laughs> in the actual final episode that won't go in the the clip that you but that's a that's another impressive aspect of this album because at this point she's a known entity to everybody but Eamon um and everybody knows she can sing (laughs) like everybody knows she can you know like Christina Aguilera we know she's a great singer but she never did anything else with it it's not take away from her great vocals or Lady Gaga's great vocal but like what else can you do with that great voice to sort of be an artist with it like to try different Mm -hmm. things and sort of use it in the service of a song or, or a piece of production. And here she's doing it all over the album, which again is another huge step outside of what was probably her comfort zone up until this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think up until this point, like the, like her commercial success was based largely on her, her fan base with like young women, like, like kids, we're talking kids. And this, this is a complete breakaway from that and saying, you know, I'm an adult woman in an adult relationship and, these are things that I'm going to talk about. It's not just about, you know, the the poppy hits yeah. that little girls like. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I like poppy hits as much as the next little girl. No, girl-y. but it, it does show kind of a, a progress, like progression. I also mm-hmm. think it's super easy when you have a voice is, I mean, no, I know this from personal experience, obviously. <laughs> Um, you can hear the silky smooth voice right here. Yes. When you have a voice that's that. Album forthcoming, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, it's a spoken word album. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, Amen. It's a la Sh- William Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespeare. William uh, William Shatner. Shakespeare. Oh, God. We're cutting all that out. Uh, no, it's going to be great. When you have a voice as, as good as she does, I to your point, Nathan, I think it's so easy to just sit back and be like, I can basically take any song someone gives me and turn and turn it into something incredible. And so to have an album where, um, you know, I was ready for for her voice to be big and kind of overused. Honestly, that was kind of the the thing I was like, all right, let's get ready for a, a voice belt and stuff out. And um, kind of surprised it had everything. I I, you know, again, this makes me sound completely ignorant, but. I was surprised with the the amount of like rap and hip hop and you know where it wasn't even it wasn't really singing singing at all uh, on this album from her spoken word bits uh, that she also has in this um, but also really soft stuff or like falsetto on on no angel like you know she mm-hmm. shows that she can do all of that stuff but then she also does everything else and shows she can she can keep up with anyone. Well, there's a ton, yeah, there's a ton of variety, both in her voice and in the production and and in the sort of arrangements of the songs. And, you know, it's obviously incredibly subjective, but to my ears and in my opinion, there was not one song that sounded sort of like a throwaway, like, yeah, I'll just knock this one out. Mm -hmm. But we're really like, they all sounded to me that they were all, you know, heavily considered, spent a lot of time on each of them about how they wanted to put these songs together. And when you're looking at an album that was 13 or 14 tracks, like, that's a lot of effort. It's not like it's sort of a quick 10 song or even a nine song. It's a concept album. We'll do nine songs and just that's enough. Like there's a lot of effort went into this, I think. And that's at least to me, apparent through each of these songs. That was the other thing that they didn't, there's never a part of this album. It feels like, ah, oh, we're kind of, you know, we've sort of plowed this earth before we've been over this. We've been over this on these other two tracks. Each one felt not dramatically different. There's only so much you can do in, in sort of, the scope of a an album but they they sounded distinct enough each of the songs that it didn't start to drag for me at any point like there's mm-hmm. enough different twists in there there's only just so many sex acts you can describe <laughs> um in one album unfortunately and that's the problem she started to run up against 
What I think is what I think is interesting too, though, is that um, when you're when you're happy and you're in love, there, it, it almost is like there's only one note that you can sing, and we've seen that with other albums that I will not mention. Um, but there is a real depth here that that kind of flies in the face of that. Like there, there's just so so much nuance to um, monogamy and um, the way the way that they are in love and in lust and all those things and uh yeah that's it okay and all those songs sound different too yeah like it's not it's not like they're they're all the same song or Mm -hmm. something like that and it's they all sound different sometimes they're like totally like multiple different songs within a song like they Mm -hmm. stop and it's like a completely different song all of a sudden but when you look outside well you know I, i don't think we ask we always ask a lot from pop lyrics like I, I, I do think we're sometimes it's often any depth beyond "I love you" or "Why don't you love me" kind of seems profound, mm-hmm. <laughs> can seem profound. Um, but this like goes uh, goes all over the place, you know. Like pretty hurts. You have body. It's like all about body image. You have um, what is what is the one I'm thinking of here? Uh, Flawless, which is like a fairly strong feminist song. Like it has a very strong fairly feminist strong. message. <laughs> what? Fairly strong. Fairly strong. I mean, I'm using. I'm yeah. yeah. I'm I'm uh, hedging here just in case <laughs> someone thinks it doesn't. Uh, but you know, it, it kind of all over the place. Like even something like heaven or blue. Like it's just they're about totally different subjects, and it mm-hmm. just kind of moves around um, so nicely. Beyonce um, is every woman. I she's mean. <laughs> every woman. Uh, specifically, she's Beyonce and Foxy Cleopatra from. Austin Powers three. Uh, those are the two I know. I know that she's got other names, but Foxy Cleopatra is how I first met Beyonce. Uh, so, so um, I, I think uh, so much of this album is really honest. It's like uncomfortable at times. Mm-hmm. I, I like personally, again, Irish Catholic. You know, it's going <laughs> to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like uncomfortably honest, and uh, it has all those things that you want from like an artsy album. But it's wrapped up in in something that that feels a little bit more accessible, almost. Like it's not like the Velvet Underground Nico, <laughs> mm-hmm. where you know it has the artsy element to it, but it's also a, a pain to listen to certain. Well, and again, I, I just I just I find it really compelling when when somebody who can who can sing flat out as well as she can chooses not to. Like Lou Reed cannot like he by traditional standards cannot sing so he's fairly limited in how he's going to sound it happens to sound what do you mean (laughs) it sounds gritty and cool and sort of like you know nonchalant but he's very limited in his range she can do anything and chose to do Mm -hmm. this which to me is again making that conscious choice when you have such a a wide spectrum of what you can accomplish with that one instrument alone that being her voice to Mm -hmm. choose to sort of do it this way i think is a is a greater artistic statement than those who are fairly limited in their vocals that that have to do it kind of either one way or the other. She can do it, you know, a hundred different ways and chose to do it this way, which is way outside what was expected of her. Uh, there's a, a quote that I can't find right now. I was just looking uh, where they talked about how many guests are on this thing. So there's um, 44 writers, producers, and directors involved in uh, in this album. And the the quote I'm thinking of sp- says something along the lines of "You can have a Drake, or you can have a Frank Ocean, or you can have a Jay Z," and she goes toe to toe with every single one mm-hmm. of them and kind of comes out on top every single time. Like it, it just 
she's she's the most engaging person on this album, which is incredible because you're talking about some of the the biggest names, and they're not little side um, side duets. They are full on duets. Mm-hmm. They are full on. I think Drake actually says more words than she does. Did you count them? Oh well, I mean, yeah. That's the sort of statistical analysis I've come to expect from you. Yeah, that's what I do here. Mm-hmm. Well, not only does she go toe to toe with them, but but I think you know overall, if there is kind of a a a sound or a, or a feel, I guess probably would be a better description throughout the album. They bend to sort of her desires. Like it doesn't sound like she's doing a Drake song or she's doing a Frank Ocean mm-hmm. song. It sounds like Frank Ocean is guesting on her album and mm-hmm. this sort of sound. And it sounds like Drake despite his best attempts to do what Drake always does and has done for the last 10 years, it still sounds like he's kind of on a Beyonce song. Um, which again, I think is another, when you talk, we, we've talked before about other artists that have a lot of other contributors at the table, whether it's Lord mm-hmm. or, or others that, again, I think this is, this is in Beyonce's favor that despite having that many people at the table, there's got to be one consistent voice who's making the right choices each and every time. And it, she's the only constant. So again, I don't think that's a, a mark against her. I think it's it's quite the opposite. I think time and time again, not just in this album, but in the trajectory of her career, she cho- she she shows that she makes clear, conscientious choices about everything that she's doing. Like she she runs a really tight ship, and um, I don't think anybody can tell Beyonce what to do. And and good for her, and good for us as listeners. And uh, yeah, every album since this one is. Also, ridiculously uh, amazing. Yeah, turns out when you're when you're not just shooting for number one hits, you can make some yeah. really good music. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I thought right from the very first song uh, when I was listening to this that I was kind of amazed at is just there was a really strong atmosphere that's built up in a lot of the songs, and I I don't even know I can barely describe like what I what I mean here, but. It's not every it's not every place. Um, it's I think it has something to do with like the layering of the songs that almost make you feel like you're in a place listening to the songs mm-hmm. rather than like just listening to a thing that's happening. That's funny because like, when you said sorry to cut you off there, no, um, when you mentioned or when you asked us if we had watched the visuals of the album, I was like, well, it kind of is a visual album. Like, do we need to watch the visuals to understand the evocation of time and place and what it means to be in a, a loving, safe marriage where things are also not always perfect yeah like i think her thing with the visual album was almost like this is how i see the music so i can show Mm -hmm. you like it can be a but it's they're not music videos exactly Mm -hmm. right so it's like it's a slightly different thing but i think that's it like it's almost like hearing the way the song is put together to me i can almost like feel the song somehow Mm -hmm. and people who like i've mentioned this before with a gordon lightfoot song uh, last season with, uh, you know, one from one from his uh, Sundown album. But like it was one song on that album that I felt like achieved that. And there's a bunch on this album that kind of do that. Uh, Superpower, Frank Ocean, Pretty Hurts, Haunted, they all have that kind of feel to it. Uh, Daft Punk does this kind of thing really well. Uh, the the Rolling Stones Gimme Shelters is an example. It's going to be one of the few times I say something nice about the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Thank you for the Gimme on the first episode yep. of season two. Gimme, Gimme Shelter. <laughs> Um, but it's, but it's that there's something about the way that things are le- uh, that are layered on in, in songs. And if it's done just perfectly, I feel like it can like the song itself brings you to a place like it brings you to, you know, it's, it's something else entirely. And I, I think that 
she achieves that at least for me she achieves that on on like i don't know four or five songs which is a very weird thing to have happen where i can kind of just completely lose myself in a in a song like that and just you know be somewhere else entirely what's also interesting is the music kind of contrasts a lot with the lyrics like it is about sort of in generally, I think she's talking about a fairly happy, if not at times, as Sonia said, complicated relationship. But I, this isn't a breakup album or, a, you know, I'm going out on my own album. But the music kind of betrays at odds with kind of the content, I think. Like it's mm-hmm. it's somewhat, you know, sultry at times, but it, it's almost, you know, it's probably a bridge too far, but foreboding almost, which, again, I find sort of jarring and probably compelling when it's when it's combined with the the lyrics and kind of the subject matter so that might be part of the the theme or the mood that you're talking about Eamon but I just found that to be interesting too um so is there anything else let's see uh variety we've talked about variety a bit right guys uh I do think that there so as I said I don't think there's any songs that come across as like clear attempts to top the charts the odd thing is i almost feel like there aren't a lot of songs on here that seem like club songs either like songs that you would like definitely hear like there's sections like drunken love there's a section of drunken love where you're like okay here's a beat it's coming in and it's and then it kind of disappears a little bit and so I, i don't know i feel like she's she's done something really weird with some of these songs where they don't fit for me in in like a really clear um you know bucket like respectfully to you and to Pitchfork or who, whomever else said it was like not, there were no singles on this album. I'm like, really? Because they're all really great songs. I, I just, I don't see how you could listen to it and not want to listen to it again. So maybe like commercially. Yeah, that's what like I think. It, there's it no mean. three minute, uh, but like to hear any of these in a club, my goodness. Well, that's what I mean is they're all like six minutes long and they're they're they kind of avoid the like, you know, do you love me? Do I, you know, I love you kind of it's like a very, very like, you know, they're like, let's go, let's get down and make babies. And I mean, exactly. And it's a little bit more, yeah, (laughs) a little bit more visceral than than you to, you know, I that's that's why I but it's also like the way that the songs themselves are structured, I'm saying is is a very. Uh, with drunken love, like it's it it has these stops and starts in the way that the song is structured. That to me is like that'd be a really weird song to hear in a club. I don't know to be like on a you know if someone's like on a dance floor or something like that because it it suddenly gets slower and then and then it gets heavier beats again and then it like it's We've, a very we obviously odd song. dance in very different ways, Eamon O'Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> And in very um, different establishments, perhaps. Because yes, I, yes, I agree with perhaps. Eamon. Like I think you know, like there's a standard kind of you know beat, boom, 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 verse, chorus, verse, chorus, 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 chorus. Like there's you not guys are sense. dancing to those those numbered bands like Third Eye, something, and Fallout, someone other. Fallout boy. I don't know. Third I don't know. Boy. You're you're, you're saying these things. You know what they are. You're saying them and you're stopping one word hey, before yeah. you're done the artist name. Eamon and I haven't, haven't been to classic rock night in a while, so we haven't uh, yeah. <laughs> danced any of those. Sundown night? Yeah. Yes, sundown night. Yes, the Gordon Lightfoot night at the uh, the club. <laughs> 
but actually, I, I think the way that she's broken up the songs, it, funny enough, it reminded me of uh, Laura Nero, who who also has songs that are kind of like that, like multi-part songs. It's not like it's a thing that no one's ever done before, but it's it's interesting to hear it again. I don't think it's like a super it, it's not the kind of thing you expect from like, you know, the biggest star in the world. Like exactly. the the biggest artist in the world, you expect it from Laura Nero on her maybe on her first album. You expect it from someone who no one knows and is just, you know, can do whatever they want. I think the thing that makes this album so unique is is not the the subject matter of the songs. It's not even really that it was a surprise because other people had done that. Bowie had, Bowie and um, Kanye, I think, had done it that year. Had dropped an album out of nowhere, but. It's that she's the biggest deal and she's the biggest thing in the world. I think in her in her genre, though, it was kind of unusual. Like Justin Timberlake had an album come out that year and it was like there was and I think Jay-Z also like there was lots of fanfare about mm-hmm. albums coming out in the R&B and pop genre. And I'm they not, were very. I'm not taking stuff away from Beyonce here. OK, I'm just I'm saying just making it's sure not, <laughs> it's not like a thing that it's that, you know, like. It's not so unique, uh, and even the subject matter. Um, you know, I, I tell the Telegraph said is the most X-rated pop album since Madonna's Erotica. Like someone had done something. You know, people have done songs that are that are are this. You know, for lack of a, a better word, viciously horny. Um, but you know, <laughs> you really are uptight. <laughs> yeah, um, Bro. but yeah, you should have seen him before he heard this album. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is loosening him up a bit. Yeah, I unbuttoned the top button here on this shirt. Uh, just to, yeah, but she's the biggest star in the world, and she's doing this. She's, she's doing the biggest... weird song structures, exactly yeah. because of a certain kind of song and a certain. And she'd done that since Destiny's Child, and so like for me, like, and I'm sure there are other examples, but to to find a bigger left turn or a similar left turn given where she was at, so relative to her previous success mm-hmm. you'd have to go from i think uh okay computer by radiohead to kid a like when they did that where they had kind of the world you know in their hands they had this they had critical and commercial success there has been huge pressure keep doing that keep doing that i was like no we're gonna do just crazy electronica and never come back uh like that to me is similar to this in terms of just mm-hmm. how significant the the uh the exit was mm-hmm. it's the it's the beatles to me, it's, I mean, there's a very beatles Let's rein it in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to, like, no, you, can, we, you can cut Nathan. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry. We're going <laughs> to mute him. I gave a radio uh, I don't, but, I'm not sure you want to go Beatles, but. But it's, it's people at the top of the, top of the world commercially yeah. who are like, you know, you have two different paths to go. As you said earlier, Nathan, you can either mm-hmm. go to the, I'm going to make as much money as I, I possibly can by just putting out you know, stuff that's going to feed the radio, stuff that's going to, you know, feed clubs, that kind of thing. Or you can say, I'm going to create something like unique I'm and different. Jedi and, master of music. and all at once. There's not and, like a couple And then like, also oh, make the money anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of drop a couple hints, uh, you know, on the last couple tracks of my previous album and kind of dip my toe. Like, it was just things are normal and then mm-hmm. there's something else entirely. Record yeah. scratch. Yeah. yeah. Not even just one, even, not even one sort of courtesy. Oh, here's a couple of singles to keep them happy, but the rest of it's going to be my, none of that. Just like, this is mm-hmm. my album, period. Do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're running a bit long on this part. Is there anything else you guys want to say about the album uh, before we move on? No. No. Going, going. So gone. good. Okay. Uh, so good. Uh, favorite song, Nathan. 
I I like Partition, but I like Haunted. I think the best. You pick two different songs there that have two songs within them. Well, I like. It's interesting. You know me. I like songs Cheater. that have multiple songs in them. It's cheating. <laughs> yes, that's that that's the kind. I, that's a that's what a I song became known answer, for right? in, in season one. Um, <laughs> two song Nathan. Uh, but no, I like it is, this is the only one I'll say in all honesty, it was difficult to pick a favorite because they're all, all in my, in my view, almost equally good, which sounds very, you know, vanilla. But I, I think there's, there's not one song that I wasn't at least intrigued by on this entire album. There's not one where I was like, yeah, I was intrigued by all of them, but I think if I had to pick one, it would be haunted. Sonia. You have a favorite, right? A single favorite, a I, one one song yes, that's your it favorite. Yes, songs one through fourteen. I mean, it's it's impossible to pick a favorite. All right, well, mine's superpower. Boom, done. See, wow. get, no problem. Wow. It was. I, You're I both grownups, I guess. I'm just a I'm just a toddler in my little sandbox with all my songs. They're all mine. I, I had Flawless in there as as a potential competitor, but then I was kind of reading a little bit more about as I was doing my my research. As a song, I think I I like them basically just a you know it's it's one of, it's one of my two favorites. So, so you know, I'm going to cheat here. As a multi layered woman, such as like Beyonce, it would depend on my mood. Okay, which of these fourteen songs I would pick. Yeah. So you know, my issue, my issue with I, Flawless I, was was specifically that the. Uh, the, the person who um, has the, it's actually from a TED Talk, the little section Shimamanda in the middle. Negozi Adichie. Wow, you did a great job. I, I was, Thank you. I, I was terrified of having to say that, and you uh, you saved me there. I read. Uh, but she specifically talked about the fact that that she was not a, a gigantic fan of Beyonce's version of feminism that is all centered around interactions with men and how you interact with men. And I was, and she she kind of suggested that she was like I being in the song there. I feel like kind of twists what I talk about and how I talk about this, and so it's it's ended up being a little bit less of a positive for for her. And I was like, that makes me if I'm going to do a tiebreaker between flawless and superpower, <laughs> how about I just I go with the one where where the person who is who is is played in the middle of, of flawless says like i don't know about this mm-hmm. uh, after the fact they apparently also didn't realize she apparently also didn't realize she was going to be contacted by the media about being on a beyonce album so yeah. uh, i guess you're, yeah 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 i don't know uh was this a commercial success a critical hit or both um why is this question even being asked nathan it's being (laughs) asked just so i can tell people what uh, it did on the charts and whatnot i want to know how much of a critical success it was and how much of a commercial success it was i don't think there was a good answer both again a consummate (laughs) professional (laughs) yeah massive massive commercial success massive five times platinum so i think that wow in in the u.s which i think makes it our second or third most successful from like a that there. side of things. Fly, Fly was, I think, is number one because Fly, I think, was yeah. like the eleven times or something like that. Like it's huge, it's insane. Which was Fly Dixie, Dixie Chicks. Chicks? Oh, is is like insanely massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's maybe another one that we may have covered at some point. Uh, the is two times platinum in uh, in UK, three times in uh, in Canada. Hit number one on the Billboard 200, number two on the UK Albums Chart. Oddly, none of the singles hit number one. Drunken Love came the closest at number two, but the rest of them, the highest they got was something like 22 or 24 or something, four singles. Um, but I think that kind of speaks to what this album is. 
right? It's kind of what we were talking about. Well, it makes the commercial success even more impressive if it's being driven almost entirely by the whole as opposed to, well, we want to stream this because it has this smash, you know, hit song that was the song of the summer was in this huge movie, like to, to sell that many copies, even, even given she's Beyonce, like there's, you know, she would presumably have a lot of fair weather fans still at that point. And so to go five times platinum with, you know, no traditional hit singles is another really impressive mm-hmm. piece of this. I, I also wrote here near unanimous critical hit, but I don't know why I put near unanimous. I think past Damon was, you know, drunk or something like that when writing these notes up because it's pretty much, about? yes, I was drunk in, in, in booze, uh, most likely. <laughs> um, but it was named best album of the year by billboard, the Houston Chronicle, which is a little bit biased, uh, Houston Chronicle, cause mm-hmm. that's where she's from, but still, and the LA times, uh, while spin ranked it, uh, the best R and B album of the year. It's on countless best of the decade lists and it was nominated for five Grammys and won three. So for R and B song, R and B performance and surround sound album. It's kind of surprising that, I mean, it's not low on the list, but for what the album accomplished and all of the wonderful things we're talking about and its success, I would have thought it would be higher. I wonder whether it's, um, whether it being from 2013 is is hurting it or would have hurt it you know like there's there's mm-hmm. albums like like the velvet underground album was was in the top 25 right uh you have 50 years 50 plus years for for an album like that to kind of sit around and for people to talk about how important it is and everything and i think it's part of the problem with this list cuz you do have a Harry Styles album on there from 2020 and the list is from 2020. It's like, how do you judge that? I'm looking forward to that show. Yeah. We've talked about this before where it's, it's like you just want Harry Styles to be on this thing, uh, you know, on this list, but it's like, how do you judge that? And I think that it'll be interesting in the future. I'm sure they'll continue to do this. Uh, I'm sure they're going to wait for our rankings to come out, you know, as we've been <laughs> doing this and then they'll come out with their new version, but mm-hmm. whether it moves, like how it moves, in the future as we get further away from it uh just because it's it is well, so such an important album but it it was only seven years before it came out actually like okay, six years because they almost came out in 2014 i mean lemonade came out in 2016 and is higher on the list than this one is and i feel like they're kind of like companion albums it's yep. like this is the That's good side of marriage this is this is the less good side recency bias yeah <laughs> but it, it is a good point though i didn't consider that aim and the idea that you know, some of these more recent albums that that could well climb as as time goes on could be docked, not through their own fault, just through, you know, how recent they are, relatively speaking, because they haven't had time to marinate and sort of demonstrate their influence. Like you're well aware at this point of their greatness, but there's not enough sort of successive generations say, oh, you know what, I listened to Beyonce something. That's what so that's basically I think one of the main, if not the only reasons Velvet Underground is where they are, and certainly as high as they are, because all these other artists have come afterwards in the subsequent you know, 50 years or so saying how amazing and how influential this album was, you've got maybe like a generation at best who've sort of cited this album. Once you get two or three more saying the same things and you start to realize how, how powerful it was in its time, I think it can only rise. I would think. That's, that's it. I I think that that's, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, I think that it's where it is right now, but it's direction is going to be upward. It's going Mm -hmm. to move upward on the list it's going to get you know over time because i think it's going to be more and more recognized as more and more people cite it as as an important album but i think it's really hard when it's 
like I said, six years since it came out. It's hard to uh, to be like, well, it definitely fits. It's definitely in the top, I don't know, what, 50, 40, 30, 25, 20? This, like, how, do you, how is, do you put it? Yeah. Oh, well. No, no, I no. Mean, I mean, like, where would you lemonade put it? Is, lemonade is 32. Hmm, interesting. That's way higher. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. And there, there were the, you know, albums released back to back and kind of. Well, yeah, if you're looking, to, if you're looking to kind of, you know, establish her significance, I would assume off the top of my head that she's the only artist uh, in the last 20 years to have two albums in the top 100. From 2010 mm-hmm. to 2020, Maybe. like, is there anybody sure. else in that period that has two in the top one? Like, that's pretty impressive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and- that's a fair point. And I think that they probably ranked Lemonade based on uh, sales or something. Nathan's pump up mixes for. <laughs> yeah. Well, those given how often I'm, you know, I'm taking care of myself. That's going to add at least you know a couple million streams on their own. So yeah, yeah. Nathan's jock jams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess you guys can see why this is on the on the list, right? No, no issues with this being well, on think, the list. Yeah, it sounds like it's more an issue of where it could higher, be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, a spot. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, got a one bad opinion here for you. Oh, uh, no. Now oh, I'm angry. No. Every every album has a one bad opinion. This one, I, I actually pulled two because the first one's very short. The first one, quote, none of her hits are on it. This is from <laughs> well, Christy Lelent in wow, 2016. Yes. On you should have Amazon. put the hits on the album you know? again. <laughs> Just yeah, the album they just name. put those hits on there. <laughs> they were good songs. I want to hear them again and under a new album. Okay, that was good. Yeah. And then yeah. the other one uh, is a little bit longer, not that much longer. And it is the entertainment industry pumps millions into PR to promote their polished turd, brackets, Beyonce and her mediocre Muzak. Cannot believe how people's tastes are dictated by an ambitious marketing ploy. Wake up. This is America. horrible music. <laughs> That's from Sonny D. Degrassi in 2014 on Amazon. Do we know how many so, people woke up? Do you have that? I do <laughs> not have that statistic in front of me. Can you do it's a call mini to episode? action? Yeah. Yeah, we'll I do a mini episode on how exactly how many people woke up after this. Uh, yeah, mini, after... Reach out to him for a mini episode. You can interview him for like three minutes. Yeah, definitely. I'll leave that to you, Nathan. You All know, right. you yeah, want to hand over the uh, the coordinates. All <laughs> set it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Would you recommend this to people and why, Sonia? Yes, uh, this in, in pa- a pairing, if you will, with Lemonade, because I think it's like peak, well, it's not fair to say peak Beyonce because she's still going. Have you listened to the new album? Yes, I would recommend it. Just go go listen to it. Go buy it if you can. All right, Nathan. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. And I think it's an album that uh, I'd recommend it because I think if you listen to it, you're probably going to listen to it, you know, certainly more than once. It's clearly mm-hmm. a grower. You can you can hear a lot of different things in, in each of these songs. And I, it feels like an album that you, you're going to listen to, you know, at least five times. And I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to, even once you get sick of it, you'll probably come back to it in a few years because there's just so much there. So yeah, absolutely. I'd recommend it. And to anybody, really- regardless of musical taste, I think there's something in there for everybody. This is really like so surprising, no offense, because it's also 66 minutes long. I was like, Nathan is not going to like that. Mm-hmm. Nathan was a little bit anxious when he saw that, but Nathan <laughs> Nathan liked what she was putting Nathan down. Powered- <laughs> Nathan powered through. He was much happier Nathan after I told him 
it wasn't an hour and 35 minutes or whatever yeah, the, platinum was the, edition the platinum was. edition so i just okay. I listened to the yeah. silver or the gold edition and no it was yeah it was there are again i just I, I don't categorically rule out albums that length i just think you're you're sort of playing with fire but this is one that mm-hmm. nailed it like there's not any sort of wasted songs any sort mm-hmm. of overindulgences so yeah i would recommend it with no, no guitar solos no okay. question uh, I'll leave people hanging on my my whether I would recommend it for one more second. I I wanted to bury this question because I feel probably no one's listening by this point. Uh, Your dads are. Is it Queen B or Queen Bay? I don't know. I don't understand. How is what it a, supposed to be pronounced? Whatever you think it is, it's probably the other. It's both. Is it? Yeah. Damn it, you're not helping. This isn't helping. Throw it out to the list. I want to look cool among the young kids. And, among uh, the youths? Comes. Put it out on a Twitter the... survey. Dear youths. Uh, Hello, okay. fellow youths. Yeah, ask our, our, my, our MySpace yes. audience. See what they see what they tell you. <laughs> yeah. They are very engaged. Uh I would recommend it, but I would probably warn people about the subject matter a bit. Because I was shocked. That's all for today. Thank you, as always, to Nathan and Sonia. Check out Record Roulette on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RR Music Pod. Rate and review this podcast wherever you can. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Or listen at recordroulettepodcast.com. Music in this episode is from Lemon Music Studio. Thank you for tuning in to Record Roulette. Until the next spin, goodbye.